This is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Opus, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 1, Introducing the Clan Wars. All right, folks, this is episode one of the Art of Warcast. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. All right, what are we up to today, Carl? Our first episode, and we're excited. We're excited for this upcoming game. We're excited to cast again. We've got new toys, and we hope we know how to use them. We'll introduce ourselves, talk about news from FFG, and our thoughts on the game and its design. All right, welcome. So for those of you who have heard us in our previous instance of the Tracks of Sector Warcast. Well, two-thirds of us, anyway. Two-thirds of us. Listen, listen. First of all, uh, we're sorry. On, on Conquest, <laughs> yeah. So we, we love that. Carl and I love that. And obviously, with John's passing, uh, he couldn't join us here for this one. But we've asked Doug, who is a lore guy. So some of the roles have switched. Well, where Carl was the 40K role player for us, or the role expert, Doug Keister, who's also a local uh, Denver folk, he is a longtime L5R RPGer, and you even played some of the original card game. Uh, so a couple of times, yeah, yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> so, so for those of you who know us from the Tracks Sector Warcast, uh, this will be kind of a repeat. But um, again, my name is Tobin Lopez. I'm a assistant professor at Colorado State University, and I've been a longtime card player and board gamer. I lived in Fort Collins for about eight years, and that's where I was introduced to Magic and Netrunner. And Vampire the Eternal Struggle, which was originally Jihad. And so I've been playing those games, and I've been playing LCGs since they came out, uh, really with Netrunner. And so the LCG bug has hit me pretty hard. I tried Game of Thrones 1, and I have tried Game of Thrones 2. Didn't really stick, even though I'm a fan of the board of the universe. It's a wonderful... Uh, the living card game format is something for my pocketbook. I'm a father of two... And I don't want to be chasing rare cards, oh. so the LCG format is perfect for me. I, I think I don't think any of us want to chase rare cards anymore. I think it's in our blood, though. Okay, there's, okay, there's uh, is, uh, I've got okay. forty thousand comics in this basement with me. Trust me. Okay, my problem is well, my problem is I'm a completist. Yeah. So yeah. CCGs are horrible for me. LCGs are better, <laughs> much better. Yeah, but I'm, better, I'm, better to. Yeah, I would say so, Doug. But you do own six core sets of Netrunner. Yes, I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to summarize. I'm currently playing Star Wars Destiny. If you don't know what that is, good. Yeah. Yeah. I tried oh. Destiny. I sold my. I sold out of it. Oh, really? Uh, like two weeks ago, I sold out of it. Oh, you, uh, two two or three months too late. The prices went down finally. So. <laughs> I, I broke even on it. So yeah, Destiny is like the new ultra crack. Yeah. 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 But that so, no one can get, right? Well, that's, oh no, no, no. That's part of yesterday, the the, yesterday, the Friday the fifth was the release day for the new well, the day before. Expansion. Right, so it happens the fourth was the official. Was the fourth? Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, the, that's right. It was Thursday. It was Thursday. May the fourth. So you know, yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd say I was. I was since I was running the release event. Yes, it was May the fourth. <laughs> ah, well, <laughs> I suppose we can. We have the expert here. We can run that into. Um, I'm Carl Anderton. I spend most of my time kind of at the coalface hacking gaming out for all of you to come and purchase. I'm a. I work in retail. I've worked for GW for a little while in the storefronts i'm a minis painter guy originally and a miniatures gamer until i came to the u.s and dealt, dived headfirst into more card gaming and board game stuff 
I work at the Haunted Game Cafe, a uh, gaming store up in Fort Collins. Tobin frequents that pretty regularly. We, yeah. Um, we, done, we recorded there a good few times in the past, in the, back on Traxxas Sector. I have hit up any... any At some point, I've hit most collectible games. I've done all the LCGs. I'm a big Netrunner player. Um, obviously, I was considering Conquest around the time um, Tobin and John at that point went, come and grab me <laughs> in as the whole guy. So, and, um, and yeah, it's, it's L5R is looking like a really interesting one to get involved in. Yeah, for sure. Which is why we're here, right? I mean, exactly. why we're here. All right. So I'm Doug. Uh, I'm a lifelong gamer. I, I'm mostly a role player. I started playing RPGs back in the mid-80s when I was still single digits years old. <laughs> yeah, I think well, my, you I lucky think, son of a I bitch. Think I, played my, I, I played my first game of D&D was the D&D original red box set from the, the, the Frank Menser version. I played that when I was like six or seven years old. Yeah. So I've been a role player and a gamer all my life. I grew up with board games. I grew up with an Atari 2600 and then a Nintendo Entertainment System. So I've been a gamer all my life. Mostly a role player. Played a lot of D&D 2nd Edition in my high school years. Uh, in college, I got into this weird new ultra-cool role-playing game called Legend of the Five Rings. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it came out, uh, I guess it was the, it was my freshman year, actually, like the spring of my freshman year. If I remember correctly, it was like that's '97. So oh, I came God out. damn, making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> single digits in yeah, the '80s. I'm like, oh no, that's twenty not years. Right. That's twenty years ago at this point. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's twenty it's years tw ago. It's now 2017. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a good feedback. So yeah, so and I fell in love with the first edition of the role playing game. Yeah, the art was beautiful. the The game played well. I loved the roll and keep system with the d10s and all that. It was great. Never really got into the the CCG much. And mainly at that time, I was playing Magic, as as the right one everybody game. was playing yeah. Magic. Right, it was everybody. the nineties, like yeah. Right, I played a couple of the things. There was another uh, CCG that I played called Heresy. That was a short-lived. Oh my god! Yep. But, with the long yeah. cards, yeah, the, yeah. With the tarot size cards oh and all god. that ultra gorgeous, yeah, amazing, amazing art. art. Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely fabulous art. And I'm really disappointed that I don't have the cards anymore. Yeah, what was the what was the artist on that? That was the big name artist. Oh, it was Brom. Brom, yeah, that's who it was. Brom, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's great, old school, folks. That's great game. Old <laughs> school, <laughs> small market stuff right there. <laughs> if you can still find the cards, definitely take a look because oh, they're yeah, gorgeous. It's, it's collector big stuff. You see them pop up on eBay occasionally, and they're like serious, serious oh, yeah. double digit value per card wow. kind of deal. You know? Yeah, I, I bought in. I bought it hard to that one. I bought yeah. like five or six booster boxes of the first set and all yeah, that. It was just yeah. nuts. Uh, I kind of got away from Magic. Uh, in the in the 2000s, got married, you know, hanging out with friends and stuff like that. Did a lot of role playing, played a lot of Savage Worlds, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics, RPG, that sort of thing. I started getting into LCGs thanks to my friend and co-host Tobin at uh, one of our friendly local game stores, Totalscape Games. I was hanging out one night, and he and another guy, Mark, were playing games of Netrunner. Yep. Yep, and uh, killing each other with repeated yeah. snares after one and after the other. Right, and so it was just it was just the two of you playing, and it was just a Wednesday night hanging out, and I, I, I the the group that I was supposed to run for a Pathfinder game didn't show up or something, and so I just sat there and watched you guys play Netrunner, and I thought, wow, this is so, so, so cool. Yeah. So I got the LC. That's how I got the LCG bug. Uh, I bought hard into Netrunner, like you said. I now own six core sets. I own at least two of each expansion after that. Yes, I even bought two copies of Terminal Directive <laughs> just so I could have two play sets of every card in the set so that I don't have to swap out cards. I hate proxying. I hate having to swap cards out in and out of decks. 
So yes, I've way more cards than I need for Netrunner, but that's my you know crazy reason why, so that I can just build decks and not have to futz around with them, right? Or get to the store and be like, oh crap, I forgot to put that card into this deck. I, I avoid all that. Yeah, it yeah, costs yeah, me yeah. more money, yeah. but you know I'm I'm married, you know, with no kids, so I've got some disposable income to deal with. <laughs> Anyway, so I have, I tried, you know, after getting into Netrunner a little bit, I thought, you know, I expanded into other ones. I gave uh, Warhammer Invasion a try. It was a lot of fun, although it was a... I got I started, you know, trying it out about the time that they were killing it. Uh, I love Call of Cthulhu, another, yeah. another yeah, one yeah, that they've yeah. gotten rid of that just is a fun game. Lots of fun. Good good game to play. Yeah. Kind of disappointed that it's dead now, but whatever. Well, they tried to kill it twice, so well, <laughs> is yeah. it appropriately Lovecraftian, it, it, really? It had, <laughs> it had a nice long life, though, because it started out as a CCG, and yeah. then you know when it moved into LCG, right? It was the second one that they turned into an LCG. It wasn't right. Thrones first? Yes. Well, and Thrones was a CCG be- to begin with, and right. then went yeah. to a LCG. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Cole was, Cole was their first game, wasn't it? The first any collectible stuff at all. I think, then, it, yeah, I think yeah. it was. It, then yeah. they did Thrones, then they switched Cole to LCG. They they, yeah. they kind of soft killed it. Yeah. Let it die okay. out. All right. So, so anyway, so I also played a little bit of Conquest and yep. Yep. Uh, you know uh, I got a little bit into Game of Thrones too, but there's only a critical mat. There's only enough players for a couple of games here right. in our area. Right. Right. And, and I also I've had a time finding players for it. And yeah. at this point, I'm just collecting the cards to collect the cards. So oh, okay. I decided that I to get yeah. out of it. Yeah. But then I heard about L5R. And being an old, you know, L5R fan, and yeah, I have played the old game a couple of times at, at Gen Con 2013, but I've never really gotten heavy into the game, the card game. Right. I, but I was really into the RPG, you know, back in the 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Like and, I said. And, and you and I have talked numerous yeah. times. I own most of the books up to third edition. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so those previous listeners of the Traxxas sector will remember how amazed i was at the steel trap that was carl anderton's mind and 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 warhammer 40k stuff right well when you so do it for a as job. as as warhammer 40k was to carl so is l5r to doug it's insane yeah. i'm sitting here as the noob right the one thing that we can bring to this workcast the l5r podcast community, L5R podcast community right yeah. and in the, the l5r community is because we're lcgers yeah and I know, you know, Brad Andrews, we've interviewed Brad Andrews multiple times. I've, I, I, I've met and talked to Nate French multiple times through our interactions through Netrunner and Conquest and all these other things. And we have a great relationship. And I know how they design. Like, we are familiar with their design philosophy. Oh, Nate yeah. helped on Lord of the, Nate was one of the leads on Lord of the Rings. If you've played Lord of the Rings or to some extent Arkham, the Arkham uses graphic um, yeah. Graphic interfaces instead of the word reaction, mm-hmm. they're using action and other sim- things. Symbols. Yeah. They're using symbols instead of words, but a lot of those things map over to what we're seeing in the L5R cards. Oh yeah, actions, interrupts, reactions. They're definite. They're definite. Kinds of things. You know, design bits that, having played a lot of these LCGs, I'm, I'm seeing you know little bits of design that get carried forward in every one of them. So I was you know big Netrunner fan, and then I get started getting into to Game of Thrones 2.0 and. Up to that point, I thought, you know, Game of Thrones, this new version of Game of Thrones was the, the best design that, that FFG had come up with. It was deep. Yeah. It had good mechanics. There was just a lot of a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of, you know, area to explore with, you know, deck building of various things and just all sorts of interesting world mechanics and just everything was great. Yeah. And then, you know, looking at what they've released for L5R, you can definitely see some things that are being carried forward. 
the like the 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 two skills that you have po- politics and military well it, you had three in game of thrones but you so so it's it's that sort of same system carried forward so you can right. see how they're in the they're so they've got the military and the political skill instead of the military intrigue and power right but what game of thrones doesn't have is the five rings right yeah. which are the token which which really I, I'm a I'm a quantitative researcher, so I tend to think in numbers. And I see you have military, political, and you have options. You have five different options for rings. Yeah. And so you, so you start talking about if you're the first player during that conflict phase, you have ten choices to make. Right? Well, at, yeah. which uh, ring? Well, well to, it's, it's not just side. ten choices to make, though, because that right. also depends on how many characters you have out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got ten plus, you know, however many characters oh, it's just because yeah, yeah. Well, how many characters? Just declaring that conflict, right? Just doing that. Which ring do I choose? Do I do political or military? And what characters do I commit to the conflict? Right, yeah. right. And oh. what characters does this uh, to 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 get through your opponent? Yeah, yeah right. Of course, I would say the the interesting part about the two um, the the binary number system they've got there and the comparison to the Game of Thrones power intrigue system, as I felt immediately as soon as I saw the L five one. Um, being talked about is it's way more interesting because it's clear that in Game of Thrones those three power types are linked to specific effects most of the time. Yes, they combine the ring and the and the stats. Yeah, so if, military, if if yeah. you if you win a power challenge, this happens exactly. So yeah, and now obviously we've got that separated out and a little bit more of a conquest feel, having more options and being a little bit more choice of what you do with those. Yeah, then um, no matter which of those challenges you're doing, but the two political militaries both seem to be heavily written into the cards. Yeah. Not implicit in the main rule system is a big difference between the two. What kind of things are allowed to react, respond to? What kind of ways you need to re- to react to them? We've seen, you know, keyword and, and special trick responses. We've seen political things triggering abilities. You know, there's things like that. It's um, it's it seems to me there's more. It's through the through the later design of the cards and not so much in the main system. There's a very interesting. Um, stronger um, characterization. Well, right. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I, I'm, I thought so. So, like things that trigger off a military loss or a, and I, I can't, I can't remember exactly what specific card we saw. I think it was a military loss. Like if you, if you lose a military battle, this happens. Or maybe it's a political battle. This happens. I've absorbed so many of this, so much of this article, so many of these articles. And I've read so many comments that it, the line is beginning to blur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Speculation. If you, if if you spend yeah. any time yeah. on Reddit on yeah. our L5R, yeah. you will be inundated with all sorts of interesting oh. comments and speculation. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorite ones there is um, the Reddit has been fairly bad about it, but um, FFG's own L5R forums are a hotbed of someone comes up with a conclusion, five voices agree, and then the Wednesday afterwards, it's completely knocked down. Every single week there'll be one. It's like, where's one? It's like, wow, no, you. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah. It could speculation work like this. We'll runs rampant. I mean, yeah. and, and that's and that's to some extent I'm comparing this conquest because yeah. that's what I know, right? Sure. I wasn't sure. there for the build up to Netrunner. I wasn't I wasn't really interested in the build up to A Got Two, but I did. I was interested in the build up to Conquest, but I didn't really start paying attention until maybe the third or fourth article when they talked about the commitment phase in yeah. conquest which is where you have the blind dials mm-hmm. so that's the commitment phase where you commit a warlord to one of five planets and you're selecting the one through five on your dial and you commit and to that some extent that commitment also is almost perfectly analogous to the to the draw phase setting of your dials oh, the, because uh, honor dial yeah the honor dial right yeah. so at least in its tactics in its tactics yeah. because the commitment of the warlord will then determine how many cards you draw, how many resources you get off the planets that you're winning command on. Oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. 
Whereas here in the blind in the blind bid with the dial, you're just getting cards, which could result in re- I, I guess it could result in resources. At well, one point, say, but it's, well, but but you you're know. also committing resources at that point too, aren't you? Because if you, if uh, it, when we compare honor dials, if my honor dial is higher than your honor dial, I have to give you some of my honor. Right? Yes, my absolutely. Honor and it's funny. It, so the honor dial is actually a measure of how dishonorable you're going to be. Yeah, that, <laughs> like that's, the that's the totally number, cool. The, yep. It's I a dishonor that. dial. Yeah, exactly. It's a dishonor. You got it for <laughs> that point. It's a dishonor well, dial. If you if you um, refer to the early um, spoils in the comments, there it's a dishonor cube because I watched about two or three hours of everyone going. Have they got some kind of like three dimensional plastic thing? What they have is a very convincing um, dice shape. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's a three uh, um, D implied, implied projection. Yeah. yeah. But there was like a couple of hours of. How expensive is that going to be? How do you turn that? <laughs> How does that work? And I was just yeah. crying. Guys, it's a flat dial. Come on. We can see that from here. But I was crying reading that. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. But so, basically, oh. you know, what you're saying like there about Conquest and what I was saying about Agot, you know, it, you can see the how where the where the design from L5R came from a little bit. Like You can see that it's they, that, that you know, Nate and Brad uh, Eric. and Eric and the whole team have built – on the, the the shoulders of what came before, right? They've learned very well, oh, and yeah, and yeah. and one of the things to to get to my point where I started talking about conquest and everything else following conquest is the L five R community is massive. Oh yeah, in the run up to conquest being released, it was a brand new game, right? So there was a little bit of it. There was a, there was definitely an audience for it, but the audience for L five R, this is this this is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I, I, I basically probably because I missed the Netrunner run up, the run up yeah. to Netrunner. Oh. There might be something again, sure but Netrunner, Netrunner was dead. Netrunner was dead and gone yeah. when it came back. L five R has only been in its previous instance. It's only been gone a few what, years. Two now. years, yeah, two three yeah, years, two three years. years. What what Tobin's trying to say is three of us are sat here with microphones connecting us to a sea of people, and we can feel you crowding in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And we're we're hopefully not going to get much of the way of hate mail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, very very first episode. I these are. This is our very first episode of Traxxas Set to Warcast. Um, this is our um, expert here, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pay for that word on Reddit, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Yes, so. I, I do not claim to be an expert. A lot of my knowledge of, of the lore is 20 years old. I really only... I, I sort of stopped paying attention to the storyline really after the Clan Wars. I, oh, I, I really okay. I stopped paying attention to the, the storyline after that. Because there were things in the clan war that pissed me off. Okay, so so here's the thing. And you and I, we, we knew we were going to be doing this. Yes. And so I said, okay, everybody keeps talking about the clan wars. And I said, don't answer, Doug. Don't tell me because I want to hear this. On the, I want to hear this on first episode of the podcast. So in like two minutes or less, if you can do it in that, <laughs> we have a walk. what are the clan wars that everybody keeps referring to? All right. So how deep <laughs> do I need to get into this? So oh, 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 here's what I know. I know that the... Scorpion guy, the Scorpion champion, Scorpion, the Scorpion, yeah. Coup. Yeah. the Scorpion, the Scorpion clan coup. So is that that's the beginning of the clan wars? Is that right? Yes. There, there are things though. the The story is a little more complicated than that. Okay. There are things that play into it that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back and and those of you out there who really know the 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 lore, if I get anything wrong. Send us an email, and I will, you know, issue a correction on our next episode. <laughs> this official so, discompl- disclaimer that states that Doug will not be held responsible for any incorrect ro- ro- roleplay comments. Remember, th- this is stuff from from twenty years that I read twenty years ago. All right, okay, all right. So. Disclaimer file. All right. Uh, there was 
the the one of the biggest baddest evil guys ever in the history of Rokugan. Okay. Was this uh black sorcerer called Yuchiban. Okay. He was no uh, he was eventually found out and was imprisoned in a tomb of jade, but before he was found out, he did a bunch of different things that were setting up uh things in motion that would take decades or centuries to to play out. Okay. One of the things that he did when he when before that he was found out as this big evil guy was he created some really highly uh, very very nice very well crafted swords one for each clan now when he was found out most of the clans disposed of their swords except the scorpion clan they kept theirs and if i remember correctly the sword's name was ambition yep ambition is the right one yeah holy crap yeah, yeah this, it's well, interesting. I'm just amazed that you would remember the sword's name. That's yeah, well, what I'm holding. I've been, I've been oh, well, it's, it's <laughs> the, the thing is, is that it's uh, it's important to the story because mm-hmm. the sword was sort of semi sentient. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, and it it basically it was each of these swords was given to the the champion of each clan, and each sword played to the clan weakness. Okay, there's, there's a one. I right. a little bit of. So this was this was a sword. Here. This was yeah. a sword that was given. To the Scorpion Clan. Yes. Okay. So ambition was given to the Scorpion Clan champion. Okay. And it was passed down to from clan champion to clan champion. Now it was it was kept on in like a vault in the Scorpion uh, capital city, and not used. But it always whispered in the ear of the of the clan champion because it was called ambition. So you know it it, it stoked that you know that okay. that drive to right, right, to bigger and right. better things. Okay, I got it. I got it. So the, the, you have things like that that are that play into it. And there there there's lots of other details that go into what why the scorpions, why, why the scorpion champion Bayushi Shoju committed this coup. Okay, and it came down to the scorpions are the sort of the information brokers. They're the underhand of the the emperor. They deal. They're the spies. They're the 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 information brokers are the ones who knew, who know what goes They're on. They're black ops. Yeah, completely. Okay. All right. In fact, you know when 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 the kami fell to earth, well, you know, then formed the seven clans. The founder of the Scorpion Clan, whose name was Bayushi, told the emperor uh, the emperor Hantai the first, "I will be your villain, Hantai." That was the that's the big quote of show of All Bayushi. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that that's what sets up the entire mentality of the Scorpion Clan. So uh, Bayushi Shoju finds out about a prophecy. The prophecy states that the Hantai line will end and that the final uh, emperor in the Hantai line will be the physical embodiment of the evil god Fuleng. So he'll he'll come back to Earth to try and, you know, destroy Rokugan and, you know, take over okay. the world and stuff like All right. that. <clears throat> but he gets his information wrong. So we have I- Uchiban, which is a bad guy. Yeah. Sauron in this, I think, as it were. Okay, and we have... Yeah, that's a very good good analogy. And we have Fuleng. Who is the god of evil. Okay. And we have Bayushi... Shoju. Shoju, who's the the leader of the... He's the the champion of the the Scorpion Clan. Champion champion of the Scorpions. In in current plots as released and during the point of the Scorpion Clan. Okay, all right. So... When he finds out about this, I think I see where this is going. Yeah. So he, so <laughs> this, he hears about this prophecy. He finds out about this prophecy, and he becomes convinced through treachery within his own clan and and through other people. Okay. That the Emperor Hantai the Thirty Eighth is the end of the Hantai line. So he becomes convinced that Emperor so Hantai the Thirty Eighth. In other words, making friend, Hantai the Thirty Eighth the embodiment of Fuleng. Yeah. yeah he okay. He, he right, becomes right. convinced that his friend Hantai the Thirty Eighth, and they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the old story, if I remember correctly, 
they they know each other pretty well, and they've you know had lots of dealings over like a long time. Yeah, he, he becomes yeah he becomes convinced that the emperor is going to become his friend. The emperor is going to become the embodiment of Fu Lang. So in order to save the empire, he commits a coup. He takes ambition, a sword which no one has touched in decades or centuries, and he uses it to kill the emperor. The thirty eighth. Yeah, the emperor, emperor Han Tai the thirty eighth. Okay, 38th. all right. That seems bad. Yeah, it is. It's very bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bad. And the thing the thing about this sword ambition, the reason why he used it is because one of the powers that ambition had is it made him invisible, which was how he was able to get a sword into the throne room and use it on the emperor. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So this so it's an invisible sword called ambition. Yes. Well, it makes makes the wielder so. Again, we're back to Sauron and the Ring here. To yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So there, there's a lot of bits and pieces of other mythologies that were that were jammed together to make the the story. The well, yeah. Good there's, stories are good stories. Oh yeah. Quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. nothing quite original anymore. Right. right. Yeah. There there's always gonna you're always influenced by that which you read. But there are bits mm-hmm. of like Greek uh, mythology and other things mm-hmm. that got thrown into it. There's some Indian mm-hmm. philosophy there uh, mm-hmm. mythology and stuff like that. So he, he kills the 38th. He kills, the, he kills Emperor Hantai the 38th. His son becomes Emperor Hantai the 39th, who is the one who is g- to become the embodiment of Fu Lang. Then this leads to... Oh, shit. Yeah. So basically, Bayushi Shoju puts <laughs> Fu Lang on the throne. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, so all hell breaks And that loose. starts the clan wars. Right. Well, it's the, it's the coup that gets the initial conflict, yeah. isn't it? The, the coup starts the conflict. The, this, and this, this guy, this, the Emperor Hantai the 39th was a kid was like, I think he was like 13 or 14 years old in the story, something like that. He takes uh, Shoju's wife, Bayushi Kachiko, as his advisor, and there's badness that happens between her and Hantai the 39th that is bad for, the, that is bad for Rokugan. The, and basically the whole, the whole country collapses into civil war. And those and that's the clan wars that we're yeah. talking about. All right, yeah. okay. All right. That's the that's the, and that's the, how the clan wars start. There's lots of badness that happens during the clan war. Eventually, that's Hantai happened the during 39th, all wars. Yeah, right? Hantai the Thirty Ninth gets killed. Yeah. Uh, oh, he does die. Yeah. All right. Well, the, yeah. the, 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 he he becomes famous during the second day of thunder. He they defeat him and yada yada yada. So okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So yeah. So. So moving moving away a little bit from well, the Lord. It's worth oh, noting as well is the, the fun part is is we don't know exactly whether that's going to happen now. Exactly, right? right? <laughs> that's I've been listening to some of the numerous podcasts that have come out and it's all very interesting, except I just didn't know what the clan wars were. And I heard mm. about the Scorpion Clan coup and I didn't but I didn't right. want I wanted to know the details. And no. so I suspect that other people There's want to know details. There's lots more details. Oh no no I, I, I'm glossing no, no, no. over and huge I gave you pieces. two minutes and I bet it came out more like Five. Yeah. So that's all right. That's yeah. all right. So I, it's all I, good. I did very well, light wiki delving, and even that made it clear that yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Rabbit hole goes deep. So yes, it's 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 a very complicated story. There's lots of things that interplay with it, and all the seven clans, all seven major clans, and some of the minor clans that exist, get involved. Various folks have been talking about this being an alternate story storyline, alternate timeline from that one, mm-hmm. right? And I and we've we've I don't know if I've talked to you about this, both of you about this, but I see it as a Star Trek movie thing you mean star wars right no 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 i see it as a star trek movie thing so the the, with the reboot with the The reboot of star of star trek with chris pine and his father dying that set off an entirely different timeline it's a divergent timeline yes. right it's a divergent timeline and that's what i see here right like we have this similar characters but the divergent timeline didn't start with this with this because there were some gender changes there right. were some name changes. There were some swaps. There's these other things. So the divergent timeline didn't start at this point in the L5R universe. It started some 
other point further back. Well, right? I, see, I look at the reason why I mentioned Star Wars is because I look at it a little bit more like Disney buying Lucasfilm and and buying the Star Wars property. Okay, the e, the EU calling. Yeah, the where, where, where they basically yeah they where they basically said you know most of the stuff in the extended universe is not canon anymore. It's now considered the legends uh, or whatever that they call it. Now. I see. So that you're leaving you're leaving its narrative and emotional weight and, and yes. acknowledging it exists, but saying. Put it off to one side. If we want it, we'll go there, kind of thing, which is how Disney yeah, is treating okay. that. All right. And and in this particular case, saying rewind to a particular point that everyone's familiar with, change the setup a little, and we'll see where it goes from there, right. kind of thing. Okay. Okay. And, and the the gender swap that everybody's talking about, changing Doji Hoturi to jo- Doji Hotaru, mm-hmm. is actually not a huge change. And she's the crane. She's the crane clan champion. champion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. That's not a huge deal, because even if you go back to and this is you know go back to the original like version one of the edition one of the role playing game, that it's stated specifically in the book that in Rokugan there is pretty equal gen you know gender equality is a thing in Rokugan that uh, unless you want to play it slightly differently in your version of Rokugan, women can be samurai they can be warriors they can do just about anything that a man can do. Okay. So, so, so the gender swap wasn't a big deal. No, it shouldn't be. It, it really yeah, shouldn't in, be. In, yeah. in, in law, yes, in setting, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was it's, not It's, it's okay. a change because, you know, lots of people like Doji Hoturi. You know, there was, uh, he, no, he was a cool guy. I was going to say, do- documented actions and all that. Was he the yeah. Fonz? Yeah. Was he the Fonz of his time? Uh, no. Do you, do you understand what I say when I say the Fonz? <laughs> I've seen Happy Days, Oh, my yes. God. Okay, all right. At least we, there's that. We'll, I'm, we'll, I'm not. We'll, we'll let L5R's story go a little bit before it jumps the shark. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, so some people are, gonna, are upset about it because it's just a change, right? Yeah. There's gonna yeah. be people who are upset about the way. Well, there's a lot more to be upset oh, about yeah, if they're but upset about so, changes. So, so it's, it's so look at it. I think you know it, it's definitely a divergent timeline, but look at it as hey, that old timeline, yeah, it exists. Yeah, those stories happen. They're still there. They're still valid, you know. But this is this is a new storyline. This is a retelling, a reimagining. We're we're we're, we're telling it again in a different way and let, and letting things progress in a different way to uh, let a new generation a new a new set of people right, tell right. Uh, tell the stories on that that these really cool stories from way okay. back when yeah. let's okay. wait and see how much of it they decide to acknowledge again we don't yeah. know yeah. Uh, frankly i hope that there are some major changes made oh <laughs> as i understand uh, it. i i am I'm, I'm maybe going to uh, anger a few of the old school people here but the crab should never have allied with the Shadowlands. Yeah yeah yes, you've yes, mentioned yes. that before i'm going oh, to okay, say, okay, I, so I, I will I say this loud and clear <laughs> and loud and proudly over and over again, it should not have happened. Do you, do you want to really? You can, uh, my, in my very, very vague understanding, I think I can summarize that in way, some ways of saying maybe not Spider Clan. <laughs> that might upset some people, but yeah, it might yeah. be a reasonable well, comment. You know? So, so <laughs> let's let's move a little bit to the game. We had I I posed the question to some to the people, the few people that have acknowledged us on Facebook. Some of our older Trax Sector listeners have sent in some questions. Uh, Barry Wardle, he's a guy from the from across the pond, mm-hmm. and he's a longtime listener, and he asked to know, from what we know, and we don't know much, if there is a clan that's particularly we feel particularly a particular affinity for, already. And he knew me. He ha- he knew that I had a particular affinity for the Imperial Guard and Conquest, sure. the Astra Militarum, yeah. as it were, right? And and how they're like a next man up. Just keep feeding the grinder. Let's let's throw the guys out there. If they die, that's fine. We'll just come up with another weenie, right? And so he was talking about lion or unicorn being lion. I think he was talking about looking like the weenie group, mm-hmm. and you know I and. I guess so. You know, lion l- looks as good. Like, 
I wrote down here that I've got that I'm thinking lion. I'm thinking maybe scorpion because the well in scorpion's case it's all almost all about the art right it's just insane that the, some of that scorpion art on the website is amazing so so okay. but that's what i'm thinking that like lion the the yellow of the lion it's just, uh, <laughs> the i don't know so, I don't, so the lion know, the aesthetic so the lion do kind of magic of the scorpion and the dying and the, i can't swim and the, uh, 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 that's that's all cool to me it's a real shame we're not on video here by the way <laughs> <laughs> yes that uh, just watching tobin make that face was big, quite funny big pointy pincers like if <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um the every clan has its own feel to it the the crab are sort of the oh yeah, yeah. In, in some ways they're the good old boys they they don't care about so much about honor they don't care about court niceties they're just there to get their job done no no the crab i, I envision the crab and and which i love the crab the <laughs> crab are going to be the guys that like hi i am crab i am defender i defend get away from me small man and yeah. they'll be like kind of like that, right? Sort they'll just of, be like, yeah. Yeah. there's a reasonable this, amount of on, this, on, on the Great Wall as well. There's, there was that. There's the, 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 the. It's it's more. It's not. The it's not that the crab, champion that they Tetsuda Tetsuba. What what was the guy that they previewed? Oh, the the clan champion for the crab is Hida Kasada. Hida Kasada. Okay, well I got that. Hida are, being the family. We are going Hida, to have fun with this. Yeah. Hida being the family name. Right. Kasada, right, right. you know, being his first name. Okay. He in the old story was known as the Great Bear. Right, so that's because why it sounds like is, this. Because he is huge. <laughs> he is one of the tallest people in Rokugan ever. He wields this, he, he has this huge How tall are people in Rokugan, do we know? Uh, On average. Five, five, six, somewhere in there. So they're, but so Kasada is over six feet tall, if okay, I remember correctly. All right, from okay, the, from the I gotcha. He's, he stands like head and shoulders above pretty much everybody in Rokugan. And he is big and burly and... He is old at the point in the storyline where they're at. He is he's had his children. He has I think he has grandchildren at this point. But he is still the clan champion. He still walks the wall and he carries the biggest stick in Rokugan. He carry he wields a huge weapon called a Tetsubo. Oh, okay. That's where the, that's Which where is I'm basically think okay. about a, a baseball bat and just have it lined with rings of spikes all the way down to its handle. All right, okay. That's kind of okay. what a Tetsubo is, and it's got a big ring on the end so that you can swing it around better with one hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of variation design. It's always flat-faceted. It always has some kind of protrusion. A lot of the um, common ones you'll see have a, a rounded, basically an embedded steel ball, so it can be a bludgeoning or a spike weapon. It's a, uh, it's okay. a, it's a, okay. it's a long-hafted, long-bodied right, right, right. mace. Right, right, basically, right. It's some, it's, he, he wields a weapon that is designed to put down Oni, which are demons. Okay. okay. And so yeah, he is a, he's a big badass and his clan is is full of badasses and their their whole their whole shtick is we're rough, we're tough, we're the defenders of Brokagon, we keep the evil at bay. And so we don't have time for niceties. We don't have time for art. We don't have time for poetry. We don't have time for calligraphy. Okay. We're too busy killing demons. Okay. Um, so so but but let's get back to the original topic. Okay? Mm -hmm. Like who who are the clans that are you you have an affinity for? Okay. I love the crab clan. Oh, you okay? All right. Crab, so you crab. love the crabs. All they're, right. They're, the crab clan are just let's, awesome. Let's okay. rephrase that. He loves the crab clan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Carl, any any clans coming to okay. your mind? So, when when it came around to look at Legend of the Five Rings, this was an interesting little choice for me, as it were, because since I started doing board games and card game stuff, I moved off what I would normally do as a miniature war gamer, which was to go, I have my thing. 
when I was a minis guy, you would go into a go into a minis game, go into Warhammer 40,000 and say, right, I am a marine player, an ultramarine player in my case. These are my guys. I'll build them up. I'll learn how to use them. I'll focus on them. I'll learn all their stuff. I'll back them up, do exactly mm-hmm. what you've done with the crab clan there. This is how we do it. And that was that was what I was used to. I came out into board games and card games being a little bit more competitive minded, and it became a little bit more of a deal of, well, they're doing pretty well. I'll use their stuff. I'll go and try them out. And particularly in LCG, there's a lot less of a worry of, I have to play this guy because that's what I've got cards for. That's what I've built up. That's what I've developed. With L5R coming in, the first thing I saw in the community is I could forget that. It was back to 40k times. It was back to, l 5 was the definition of clan loyalty. I, like, I think yeah. that remains to be seen with the LCG. Totally so, but in terms of the, the, um, the, a lot of the original players, oh, the, yeah. original, the original, the, the swell of sentiment I was seeing of people going like, Oh, oh. like when, uh, my first real introduction, like I said, to the CCG for L5R was uh, at Gen Con 2013 when I got a demo of it. I played a couple demo games at the AEG booth in the dealer room. Mm-hmm. The gentleman who was giving me the demo was a long-time CCG player, and he was telling me all about you know the co-ties and things like that, and how and and how you know he would dress up at, you know with in, in clan regalia, and they would have clan dinners and things like that, and that you owned your clan loyalty in L5R. He was, if I remember correctly, he was a big Phoenix player, uh, and you know t- talked about you know. People who would dress up in the, the orange kimonos of the Phoenix Clan and things like that, and and so yeah, so yeah, it, during in CCG days, clan loyalty was a big thing, and part and that had a lot to do with it being a CCG, and when you went and bought a booster box, which was expensive, you would m- maybe probably you know split it with your friends, or you would take whatever cards that you didn't get many of and give them away. There was a lot of there was a lot of like community in the in the CCG community from what I've heard, where people would you know if you came to, to sit down at a, a group playing L5R and you'd never played before, a lot of times they'd hand you a bunch of cards and say, here, I I play you know I play Dragon, I have all these crab cards here, take the crab cards and you know make a deck. Right, 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 right. right. So and that's how and that's so that's kind of how people started to get their clan loyalties and because it was a CCG and limited distribution and you know booster packs were had random stuff in them, you focused on one and then and you owned it. Mm-hmm. Now that with the distribution model of an LCG, I see that maybe changing. <laughs> yeah, it, and that's where I, I guess that's my approach is I have seen a lot of this clan loyalty and people yeah. very, very passionate. It's, we've said that this community is large. It's still invested in this property. Oh, yeah, it's even the RPG there. players got would get invested in. When I, when I sit down to make a character for L5R, I always make a crab pot, right, or I always right, make a dragon, or I always yeah. make this. So and you have... That's what I saw a lot of, looking at all, all this kind of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was, why I'm kind of qualifying what I say next, which was I decided, okay, then I'm going to do this, th- that old school method. I'm going to pick something, mm-hmm. work through what I definitely like, and that is going to be the thing we'll work with. I'll play over stuff, I'll play my things, but I'm I'm solidifying down with a clan. And Tobin's mentioned it because yeah. Carl is a scorpion player. Oh, yeah, is that right? Okay, yep, I, all right, yep, all right. Well, have, and... and, and what I will probably do, thinking about this in terms of Netrunner and, and Netrunner and Conquest, is I played other stuff, sure. right? I played, but there was almost always one faction that I just didn't play. Like, I don't play Jinteki in Netrunner. Oh, I love Jinteki. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Both of you do. John <laughs> Hi, loves Jason. it. Jason Wallace <laughs> loves re- it. I retired yeah. the Cronus Protocol deck. No, no, no. It's insane. Oh, like, yeah. Jinteki, but, but me, I can't do it. Whatever. <laughs> right? I just, but, so... So of the clans that I see, I honest and and what we know, I honestly can't really identify which one. It might be Phoenix, but Phoenix is tricksy. Phoenix seems tricksy with their ring interactions. Yeah. 
for lack of a better so, term. And so ring control, ring interactions, whatever that might be. A lot. Of, I think a lot that's of the amazing. Old, but a lot of the old with the exception players, of Phoenix, eh. a lot of the old school players, I think, would tell you to look at the clan identities first. Mm-hmm. What does the clan represent? What are, What are they all about? Like uh, the okay. Crane Clan. The Crane Clan is the clan that's that focuses on art. Okay. They have all the artisans. They make all the finest, you know, furniture, you know, poems, uh, calligraphy, paintings, everything. They're the they're the clan that really focuses on everything artistic in Rokugan, and they and they are the keepers of that piece of Rokugani society, the the artistic side of Rokugan. Okay. But so saying, kind of art in all things. I mean, yes. it's fair to say that a lot of the crane are, are the Bravo characters. Yeah. I, and I go out and do these things to impress people. So to be so okay. in so in all their right. version of Ayajitsu. Uh, you know, sword sword play and, and dueling okay. is all about art and about elevating sword play to its highest form. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. So that that's so that's kind of what the you know, that's so you, so you have to look at what the what the clan represents, what how it defines itself, mm-hmm. to, to to start to really appreciate what they are. I mean, the f- all right. So and and Sorry. will I mean that's part of the it's part of what at least what I have what we've discussed having a plan for this podcast over the next few months yeah. because we won't have a lot of gameplay, we won't have a lot of cards to talk about. We won't have a lot of strategy to talk about because, you know, it's still to be released. We haven't yeah. we haven't mm-hmm. played. And I so, don't want to rehash the articles too much because absolutely. Like, all yeah. of our listeners can can read them on their yeah, own. We, yeah, we, Carl we can, and I figured we it out. We can comment on ramifications of, but we're not going to be oh, here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy yeah. to do that. Yeah. I just yeah. I don't want to do like a, a no. blow-by-blow recap of no, all no, the articles. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. If you ever listen to our previous ones, getting coherent sentences out of us, let alone a full description of an article, is a difficult <laughs> to right. yeah. Well, I, I have listened to a few episodes. If, if you've gotten this and you're listening to us, you probably have access to the web. And so you can look at those for yourselves. Yes. Now, one Do of the things for the w- art. Oh of, my god! Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we're doing, <laughs> well, what we hope to do with this podcast, is one: we obviously discuss any news out of FFG. Yes. We're not going to be doing this in reaction to each news article that comes up because we have busy lives. We can't do it once a week. Um, but we will. We do plan on doing a two or three week release plan for the uh, foreseeable future. We're going to get into the universe as we've already gotten into the universe, exploring Rokugan, you know, exploring the clans, maybe doing a slightly deep dive sure. into crane or crab or dragon, lion, phoenix, scorpion, see, and unicorn. It'll be interesting yeah, to see what seven. the changes are. Yeah. Okay, going back, yeah, I, you know, I played a lot of the RPG it, for, for a solid five or six year period. It was my favorite RPG on the planet. And uh, so I, I read a lot of it. I collected the books. I have all the way the clans books and everything. It's fun stuff. And so, for me, it'll be interesting to see how what fa- how Fantasy Flight puts their stamp on the world, mm-hmm. how it changes from what AEG did and Five Rings Publishing did before. If I can throw a question at you, it's my impression so far, having both from how I've looked at it and the very very limited knowledge I had, and in the the online soundings I've seen, that so far FFG seems to be quite. Kind of like sympathetic to the original setting and style. How much do you feel there's been a in in the very very limited amount of, of plot and mainly character we've seen? How how close to the original thing we are? Oh, I think they've they, they're 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 just keeping pretty true to it so far. If I remember correctly, uh, on one of the other podcasts, I believe they mentioned that Steve Horvath is an old school CCG player. Did see exactly that article? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, so and he's mentioned so before. He's, he's a dragon. He was a dragon yeah. player back mm-hmm. in the day. So uh, yeah, he did mention that on Twitter, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Uh, so I think if he is as as into L five R the CCG as a lot of the other members of the community are and were, I think that he is going to, you know, make sure that it is treated well. 
Yeah. And Katrina uh, Ostrander, Ostrander, yeah. she's mm-hmm. she's the story lead, and she along with Brad and either Nate or Eric or all four of them, several folks did that. Ask me anything, yeah. mm-hmm. AMA on Reddit, and Katrina has been in charge and has been guiding the Android universe as well, mm-hmm. and so she's done a bang up job there. And they've we fully expect um, novellas, novels. An oh, RPG yeah. to hit sometime soon. A lot I of people can't wait are hoping for the RPG on, too. I want a lot that of people happen. are hoping for Gen Con. I say a, a, a world of Android style book done in that quality for the L five R setting could oh. be a gorgeous oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, oh, yeah. gorgeous absolutely. thing. I, I, I would probably like by, fall by, over somebody to give somebody my money for that. By, 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 <laughs> by, climb by, over by people. The the yeah, hardcore, yeah, the, the hard card cover. I would. So in the few minutes we have left, what I like to do is get your impressions of the game, initial in, initial state of the gameplay. So we have all five phases. We know what the five phases are. We know that it's a back and forth. Um, what is you know what are the first most interesting points in gameplay for you um, as you read these articles? Well, first off, I'd like to say that I think there's still stuff to be seen. I the, the, the I don't think three articles covers the entirety. Of the oh game. no! Oh, no, without any doubt, yeah, 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 the yeah. two ways. Uh, so you... I'm looking forward to whatever they have, whatever whatever details they haven't told us yet. You know what's what other surprises do they have in store? Every every Wednesday, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, every Wednesday. Yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah. But like from what from what we've seen, I I think I like the ring dynamic. I think I like the ring dynamic and the fact that the card draw is tied to your honor bid, right? That's so pretty cool. how big mm. how big of a deal is that going to be? I, right? I to Balancing those here. ideas against because you don't want to honor loss. You don't want to mm. honor out. Yeah, but it's one of these interesting ideas. If your opponent has very few cards and they want a lot of cards you have two options you can go low and get honor from him or her right but that doesn't necessarily help you unless you're close to an honor win right at 25 so if you're at 14 and you have a hand for for, let's say you're at 15 honor and you have a hand of and you have a hand of six and you're Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly, you have a good hand. You're sitting there. You're great. Okay. But you know the guy. You know the person. Your opponent is going to want to draw five. So do you draw one? Do you say one, and you're happy with seven cards in your hand, or do you go five and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to draw five cards because that's not going to cost me any honor. And you're to some extent giving up the potential to honor win, maybe, or you're costing yourself an opportunity to gain honor. But you're getting five cards i mean that's right there that blind bid that i loved so much in conquest well, the, the, has, the, has materialized in this and that's what i'm so excited the about. important part being and i know people use the term blind bid it's a very very heavily informed bid and that's the interesting part it's still blind of, it's still yes, blind but, no, but my it's, point yes being, it's yeah, heavily it's the, whole, informed. the whole basically the almost the entire game is informing it between absolutely. working how you absolutely. play cards between situation of units yep you know. absolutely the game seems very tactical to me there are a lot of choices to make there are a lot of different things that you can do. You have to you have to approach it with you know, thinking about strategy, thinking about tactics. In some ways, I think you'll have to think about it like a chess game a little bit, and you'll have to read your opponent and figure out, okay, you know, the, like the honor dial that you're talking about, uh, you know, deciding whether you go one or five or somewhere in between. That part of that's reading your opponent and saying, okay, what does how honor, nervous are what, they? Yeah. <laughs> What is his honor at? How many characters does he have out? You know, right. how many provinces does he have broken? What? How many cards are in his conflict hand? The the entire board state is going to inform your decision about how much honor do I put into that into the right, dial. right. So and 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 your decision is: Do I go for the honor win? Do I try to go for the dishonor loss? 
against my opponent, you know, force mm-hmm. the dishonor loss? Do mm-hmm. I, tr- or do I need cards so that I can break his stronghold? Right. So th- there's 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 a universe of choices there. There are there are, and and that's and that's what I'm finding myself most attracted to. I yeah, think the, the I think is, that's the we've three like the commitment phase in conquest was the one where I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. And, and in this case, it's not necessarily the honor bid, but it's the honor bid because it that was that we we. We learned about that during the draw phase. So the yeah. dynasty and then draw. But in the article where they talked about the conflict specifically, and you're able to say, okay, so together with the draw, and then we have the conflict. Now, there's some things we still don't know about. We don't know how dueling works. We know it's a character-triggered effect right. of some type. Well, we, we, well we, know. We, know, we know roughly how it's resolved, just not what it will do, as it were, not what will occur from dueling. Oh, okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. They, men- they mentioned out the whole like bidding up and everything, but what, what will cover That's right, that's right. That's another honor dial use. Yeah. Right. But like, you were making the comparison before, talking about like um, conquest and assigning warlords to a location. That's what I think in some ways is what the, the spiritual part of the honor dial is the same thing, because sending your warlord and your units to a particular place was devoting a resource. Was this is my this is my major part of my fight? This yep. it directs your decision in a similar yep. way. So obviously in the Onodal you've got a similar game of well, what do I think he like you say where where do I think he's going? Though in this case it's less of a what location what units. It's how much does he want it? How much doesn't he? How much is it worth going middle ground? Is it worth me losing an honor return to get an extra card he's not expecting? These are all things we'll we'll kind of pick up, I suppose. Oh yeah, and and there's there's a lot of balancing here, right? You're, there's there's the need for your car, there's need for cards versus your need to be stay away from the honor loss, mm-hmm. right? There's that balance. There's the balance of the mononoaware, right? The character is going away. How much do you invest in a big guy? How much do you invest in a little guy? How much do you invest anything? Do you invest one? Do you invest two? Do you invest three? Do you skip a turn and not put anybody in play, and which I think would be extremely dangerous? That's kind of what I wanted to talk about for my bit of okay, what do I like it. about the game. Go for it. And, yeah, it's been said a lot uh, in the AMA and on Reddit and in some of the articles and in various comments and various forums all across the Internet since this, since they started releasing information. The idea of Mono no Aware is really pretty new for competitive card games the idea that yep, you're, you're not you're not dealing with a static yep. board state yep it changes every not even not even every turn it, t- it changes every phase of every turn what's bowed what's what's ready what's been removed from the board what's broken you know what what provinces still are there what happens when you flop over a province that you're attacking and you know what effect happens all these things the it's it's going to make for a very fluid very changing game i think that you're not, it's going to be very difficult from round to round to guess, okay, I'm doing this this round, and so if I do this this round, then next round this will trigger because of, you know, reasons. Right. You know, you'll have to, you'll have to, it'll, it'll, it'll require a lot more reaction, a lot more, you know, constant thought, constant interaction with the board state, with your opponent. It's because it's, it's going to be every every phase, every, every conflict, it's going to be, it's, something's going to change, this, the, the board state is going to alter. And it's going to be very difficult to get any sort of board mastery, I think. Right. And they've, the and they've said one of the things that I can tell just from uh, reading and listening to the old old CG, CCG players is that there's no wholesale killing. Like you don't lose everybody right. unless everybody doesn't have fate. Right. If well, you have then, no characters with no fate on their on them at the beginning or ending of the fate phase whenever it is yeah they go away right mm-hmm. so so your side might go away but it's not because of wholesale killing it's because their time in the game is done mm-hmm. 
until as, their time comes you know, again until, later on. Yeah, until their time. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. a wonderful part of the cycle. There is the idea that you you would then you would then play out a character comes into the story and he leaves, and later on when you need him, that character comes back. Please, yeah, need yeah. you right now. And I'd say as well, a um, little more on kind of like game theory. There was I was seeing a couple of guys. Um, one of the local Games of Thrones groups looking okay. at looking at um, L5R going, okay, new cool game, what can we figure about this? And one of the guys, like many people have been, were hung up on the fate mechanic. It's like, I, I don't, I see what it's trying to achieve, but I'm not sure if I like it. I'm not sure how much I would I would get into playing that, so and so forth. Um, one of the fellows I work with, Josh, um, described the fate mechanic to him as like most um, unit-focused car games, there are board resets. There are ways to go, nope, this is the bad situation, clear it off, get it back in my play. Fate is you deciding when the reset happens. Right. Fate is you beforehand yeah, going, so there were, I'm planning yeah. for a reset three, th- three rounds there from were, now. There were board resets in Conquest, yeah, right? Every, every game yeah. requires them to avoid um, snowballing. There's Apocalypse in Netrunner. There's, um, there's board wipes. Uh, yeah. John made fucking say, Doom. Thank you. Very <laughs> thing, <laughs> yeah, good right? old Doom. Yeah. Um, so, so he made Doom a thing. Um, so Conquest had them. And yeah, that's a good observation. That's an interesting I observation. I'm not so sure you though control. That, well, it's also interesting because that's not all there is to it. it. Yeah, right, that's right. Well, right. I don't think there's on. ever necessarily going to be a complete board wipe card in the game. No, not no, 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 no. No, I, I, no, that's my point. Is you don't a, need it. It's, it's inherent yeah, in the game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's. it's it's inherent in the game structure. The game has yeah. it built in. The idea, like you said, yeah. of the of the movement of all things, of the changing change changeability. But as in terms of players going, that's all well and good. But how do I control that? Yeah. Well, a reasonable mindset is that you are choosing when the board wipes on your side. There, that the, the, that is true. But also, I think it's going to require people to let go and step back a little bit from the game. Yep. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because a lot of the from the game they knew yeah, from the from, from the, the old knew, season. from, from, from any game it, that they knew. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Well, it doesn't matter if you're coming from the old school CCG, from Magic, from Netrunner, from another other LCG like Conquest, whatever. Well, Conquest, Conquest. There was a point in Conquest where I I had to accept that guys went away, and so it seems like I'm going to be doing that a lot more here but too. But you, oh, you yes. have to accept that. <laughs> but you have to accept that the board is never in your control in L5R. Yeah, there's a mixture, okay. mixture right. of hidden information and what's the word I'm after? Good old fashioned. Uh, you can uh, shape theory. it. You yeah. can shape it. But you, you can can't shape control it. it. You can push it in a direction, mm-hmm. but it's going to push back at you. I mean, there's no doubt. Okay. I, mean, I, think okay. it was, I think it was Brad on the AMA. It basically stated that was his favorite thing was that sense of flow of flow of the world, flow yep. of the setting. Occasionally, you had to just ride with it and let it. Yeah. Go. yeah. So it's, it's, it's more that, like yeah. it's more like surfing than like building a sandcastle. Yes. You have to ride the wave, and to, again, you go where it takes you. Rather than you know building something, you know building a board state to a point where all of a sudden I win. Right, right. Which is right. awesome because honestly, snowballing is the most boring thing in any game ever. True. So something that immediately goes from our basic design state, snowballing is getting balled up and launched into an orbit. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> by a flamethrower, so it won't even yeah. reach orbit. Yeah. It'll yeah, melt exactly. before it gets there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, is that sounds like it might be it your favorite mechanic? Itself. It. Honestly, the main thing I'm seeing from three articles is depth of the game. This is a Euro game card game. This is something which is intending for you to plan and strategize and think about three different economies and ponder. You know, you know there's a couple of the uh, three different economies being what on honor, fate, so on cards, on, on, honor, fate, cards, basically okay. for, uh, for okay. a starting point. Let alone before you get to conflicts and actions in conflict. And well, co- you yeah. know, conflicts are also a resource too, right? Of course, yeah. You get to a turn. Yeah, you get to a turn, and do you take both a turn? Well, was, oh, right, this, right, one, of the, one of the ones I was going to mention about the honor dial is I'm wondering later on in the game whether there will be play styles which is I have a dead turn. I'm going to sit here, lose a big chunk of honor, or not lose a big chunk of honor, as it were, preparing for next turn when I'm expecting to be in a situation where I need to drive. 
I, 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 I suge a, a, a province or so and call it good. Well, well yeah, you could do, you could yeah. do that if you were the second player or the first player. Yeah. You could you could use the, the fact because they've talked about first player and second player stuff, yeah. right? So that to some extent goes in order of somewhat in some way. So you could wait until you're the f- first turn or second, t- whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so you're the first player, whatever, however the turn might go. Mm-hmm. And then you could take advantage of that because you would have the first opportunity to declare a conflict. Exactly. Yeah, it's and interesting. There, there, it seems to me more like it's going to be, it's going gonna, it's gonna to map better to like a battle situation, or an actual war situation more. Because on a battlefield, if you ask anybody who's ever been in the military, you know, you, every, like you can come up with the best plan in the world. And there's that old saying that, you know, no plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. Right. Things right, change. Right. The, it's a fluid situation. You're going to lose people you didn't expect to. Some, you know, some suicide squad that you expected to all die maybe won't. You know, there are things that there's all things, sorts of things that can happen. There's lots of random chance. Right. So there's an ebb and a flow. There's there's a give and a take. There's a push. There, you know, it's 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 kind of like the tides and things like that. So, you know, there, I think that's gonna, there's going to be a lot of that in this game of. Do I allow this person to come in and attack my province, and do I just defend it minimally so that I can come back with an even more powerful counterattack on their other province later, or do I, you know, go full on and 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 defend it as hard as I can every turn? Right. There, I, I'm lots reminded of decisions. Like that. I'm reminded of one when we interviewed Brad for the previous cast, we asked him what was the mistake he saw people make the most, and one of the ones that he said was combat. You could retreat in combat and conquest. So you could be like, okay, this is a losing battle. I'm, I'm getting out. And what he was saying was his answer to the question of what's the most frequent mistake people make is people get committed to a conflict, committed to a combat in conquest case. So committed to combat and they don't want to leave. They're, they're, yeah. There's pride that comes up yeah. in the middle of that because they're playing with paper, they're playing with cardboard. Mm-hmm. And so you still want to win. And so it seems to me that in any conflict-based game, which this is, mm-hmm. don't make any mistake, the action is in the conflict phase. You can you have some dynasty stuff and some nice, neat little triggers and whatever, and you have the draw phase, and that's really exciting. But the meat and potatoes of this game is that conflict phase. And being able to balance the all the things you said. Yeah. How many do I defend with? How many do I attack with? Do I want to come back later? What ring am I going to use? What ring is he using? So he's preventing me from using it. Mm-hmm. Right? All that push and pull, that tug of war is huge. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's really pretty amazing to, to be so, so yeah, excited I'm, about this I game. I am excited to play this game because I think it's going to be really cool. And it's going to be it's going to be just a really different experience, I think, for everybody yeah i think that's yeah. the one thing we can definitely say I, I can't see i can't think of the um preview preview of a game i've seen that seems to have had so much that says the genre go away no this is very very different from the open right. moment double and decks all this very i've stuff, been listening you know? to some of the other podcasts also uh they mentioned something the, the 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 hosts were british and they mentioned that what you just said about it being a very euro style game which yeah. i guess i being an american i don't really get that <laughs> well, there's um we've, we've mentioned it before there's a very in board games there's an accepted divide between america u.s games and a euro u.s games are high theme high randomness low strategy so roll dice have fun emeritrash is the epitome stereotypical name okay you know last last night on earth you go in you fight zombies you roll some dice you move on euro games are low randomness high strategy weak theme 
Okay. Now, I'm talking about the structure of the game because there's no doubt at all that L5R is oozing theme from every available port. Yeah. Right, 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 whatsoever, right, right, right. In, Even in its main mechanics of fate and everything. But um, it seems to me that, it, in me, having a look at that initial design, it sounded to me, if someone hadn't told me what it was, I said, hey, that sounds like a great Euro game. Okay. All that depth, all that complicated motion, all that five million things to think about is very, very Euro. Yeah, it's, oh, right. it's, it's a bit board gamey, right? Yeah, like yeah. the game, yeah, in, the in card game. It looks like a good way. Looks like yeah. a good it makes a lot of sense to me. Thank yeah. you. Okay, so you were saying that it sounded like a, a Euro game. Yeah, it was uh, Euro. Well, I I, like I was kind game. of I was curious about what what exactly Very that meant. To find it. Yeah. And thank you for the definition. Not a problem. So yeah, like and the excitement that's out there is great. Oh. And just so it it sounds like they've got a great foundation. And, and from what I've read on on Reddit, a lot of the old school CCG players are happy with the direction of the game because it's keeping sort of a lot of the theme and feel, and it still feels like the old game to them. But just with a, like you know a new coat of varnish on it, right? Yeah. And we are really excited. I, the three of us have been planning on doing this forecast for a while. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> but we were planning, we were honestly planning on doing episode one in three or four weeks because we were like, okay, we're not going to have. Yeah, they're going to release stuff on April nineteenth. They're going to yeah. What are we going to have to talk about? They're going to have stuff right. on April nineteenth, but we don't know how frequent they're going to be after that. Da, 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 boom, and boom. I think and here it was we are three weeks said, later. Hey, can we do this like a little earlier? Yeah. So a couple of body yeah. blows later as yeah. they dump info on us. Oh, it know. was. It's <laughs> just been insane. And the art is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and coming from an LCG, not know, not knowing the lore, it's going to take me a little bit used to 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 realize that Bayushi Shoju is Bayushi is the family name. Shoju is the personal name. Right. You know, th these kinds of things that's going to take some getting used to, but I already captured it, right? I remember Bayushi Shoju is the scorpion guy. Yeah, yes. uh, see, is. I remember yes. things. This is a fun one for me because uh, I used to be a lot more otaku than I currently am, and so I'm kind of rewinding into my um, Japanese fanboy kind of mode some lots. Oh, is that right? Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. All I right. Used, used to be much more than I was. Yeah, um, so I'm so. looking at this from an LCG <laughs> game design point of view, and everything I've seen, it just gets me more and more excited about this. Yeah, highly intrigued. So uh, yeah, so I, I guess I have a, I have a bit of an interesting position, having been exposed to the 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 lore and the world and the the, the old CCG a little bit you know before, and having at least a little bit of experience with that, and being uh, you know a huge LCG player, I love Netrunner. It's mm -hmm. my it's my mm -hmm. current favorite 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 card game, mm -hmm. and you know, I played a little Conquest and other games, and so I really mm -hmm. like the LCGs. You know, they they fit my style. The the collector in me it makes it's easy to collect so from from an lcg design point of view it's great but right. also from this is you know what did i play 20 years ago standpoint it's also great right right mm -hmm. it's it's tapping into both of those yeah tapping so it's, it's hitting okay. me twice and it's just yeah. so cool yeah 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 <laughs> Awesome stuff. All right, like uh, like I said, we'll be doing these every two to three weeks, and we're gonna just kind of go with the flow, right? So until cards are released, until we can do some real strategy stuff, real strategy discussion. Look at look at clans as a whole from a game design point of view. We'll look at clans as a whole from a lore standpoint, mm -hmm. and we'll you know give our thoughts on what F whatever ffg releases right <laughs> yeah uh the three of us uh, are planning at being at gen con mm -hmm. so oh, yes. uh, we will see you there planning on being a part of l5r and here's to hoping that there's more than one tournament they historically have done one opening tournament but something tells me there's going to be something different here they might have multiple tournaments they might have little things on the side i don't know why just did, a gut 
um, back in CCG days, they had a lot of what do they call them story tournaments or something like that. What are the Kotai's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kotai's. They've Have talked they mentioned about anything about that. The the only thing they've mentioned is their existence. That's about it. And oh. said, well, okay. we are pl- the, the wording I heard was we understand that we we the wording I heard was that um we understand how they worked. We we like the idea. We're doing something different. That's about all. Right, okay. and they'll, they'll have, and I don't know why people mentioned it, but the open series, there's an X-Wing open series, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's the eight of those a year, and they f- they go up into, they you know, they kind of yeah, ladder up into yeah. some massive yeah. tournament. They're thing. narratively linked. There are, you're fighting over a certain sector. And stuff yeah, like okay. and so there's a bit of, you know, analogy to that, mm-hmm. but that's as much as we know. So we're going to do this every couple of weeks, two or three weeks. Sure. And then once cards come out and they're in our hot little hands, Ooh, we'll obviously be able play to do lot. some things. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things Carl, John, and I avoided at Traxxas was card-by-card card review. We that that There are better people who can do that more effectively than we can. But we will talk about the favorite cards oh, yeah. and the cards that we don't like and the cards that we're like, where the hell are they? Where the we will, we will, we will, we yeah. will turn up to each episode and go look, yeah, look at yeah, this thing, exactly, like and so. and probably we'll be continually drooling over the art every yeah. new release. I, I just want to get this one in here too. As I work in in gaming retail, you see a lot of things. A lot of stuff comes through. You see everything from dirt cheap artwork to the high end. And every single person I've spoken to, both as a fellow employee, as other store owners, and as gamers, whether they have the vaguest interest in the game or not, they go, "Damn, that's pretty." It's this, insanely yeah. nice looking. Okay, yeah. I, I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb here, but I think that this might be the prettiest card game ever printed. I Honestly, I think I'm with you there. I'm quite an estate, and I think I'm like, yeah, I can't not look and go, these are yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Gorgeous. It's, it's got to be I, up I, there I, at the very least. I can't, yeah. I can't argue with it in terms of other LCGs. You know, um, yeah. It's definitely top five of card games ever for art. Combination yeah. of art design... Of art, des- a, des- a card design and chosen artwork is stunning. Yeah, stunning. All right. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions, you can contact us at artofwarcast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofwarcast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugami find us. Thanks for listening. And remember, honor is the deadliest weapon. All right, folks. This is episode one of the Art of Warcast. I'm Tobin Lopez. <laughs> I'm normally on the end, sorry. <laughs> I was actually meant to mention you. I was doing half half a joke thinking we do that, and I go, and introducing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, since I'm the new guy, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to go last. <laughs> no problem. So that's what that's the problem. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carl's not.